The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! <laughs> you think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? <laughs> well, I must have not been paying attention. Well, Facebook actually worked the way it was supposed to today. No way. And we point that out because that has never happened. <laughs> Who did this uh, intro for you? Melvin Taylor. He's from Lowell. Okay. Really good. He put, he put it on his album and he came into the show when I was on CAP with his guitar and he played it. So I put this on my album for you. I wrote a song. Oh, really? I wrote, yeah, you wrote the song for the show. Oh, wow. He usually comes to the bash every year and opens the bash with this. Although we can't get people to do the Baba Pass for some reason. All right, we got a big show today. We should probably should probably get going, huh? Whenever you're ready. Just feel like such crap. Oh. All right, let's save some start, some time and start the show. Hi, how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan. Who at the Paying Attention Podcast? Hi, top two guys, Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. We're talking all Lawrence today, and uh, we, I've got a great guest in the show. I really wish he could come in like once a month because he's such a great guest, and, and he's such a wealth of information about what's going on in Lawrence. I actually, I, with all the time that we spend together, I've never actually asked you what your official title is because titles don't really impress me that much, but, yeah, but what is your exa- exact title working for the city? Well, I'm the uh, senior advisor uh, uh, to the mayor on policy and external affairs. All right, try putting that in a... And in and, and a, and a brief one, I'm the mayor senior advisor. All right, cool. Yeah. Your wife's caught on your mic here. So just pull your mic up a little bit so you can hear a little bit better. So we got Octavian Spanner here from the Lawrence Mayor's Office and whatever title he just said. It was just way too long for me to remember. Uh, but before we start, I want to, and we also have somebody zooming in. We're going to talk, be talking about the, uh, how the Lawrence schools are going to be regaining control. The city of Lawrence is going to be regaining control of the Lawrence schools. Right now, the Lawrence schools are under the abysmal management of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. They're in receivership, and it's going to be going back to the city of Lawrence. And, you know, we've talked about this on the show before. The, the city of Lawrence did a horrible job running their schools, which is why the state took over. But the state has done a worse job since they took over. So, I mean, giving it back to the city can't make it any worse. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and what the changes are going to be. Uh, before we start, I want to thank my sponsors, McLennan Real Estate. Uh, we got to get Matt in here. This real estate market has changed significantly since the last time he was here. So we're going to have to uh, have him in to talk real estate maybe in a couple of weeks. Not next week, though. Next week, we got a really good guest next week. And it is Lawrence City Councilor. Stephanie Infante, and that's going to be a really good show. Um, she is somebody who has been involved in a lot of things in the community. She was actually here as a guest once, representing the Great Alliance Vogue to talk about their uh, adult programs, their adult vocational programs, and uh, and she was such a great guest. I was hoping she was going to come back and do that again, 
And then she left that job and ran for city council in Lawrence and won. So we're going to have her back to talk about that. I also want to thank the Zany Pesci Law Office, Marsan and Sun Construction. I understand uh, Ronnie Marsan is running for city council. He did pull papers. So uh, hopefully we'll get him on the show maybe like right at the end of the summer when it can actually do him some good during election time. EIS, Investigation and Gun Training, Borelli's Deli. Now, they, they, they didn't send me the sandwich of the day for tomorrow. I'd give you a preview. But, and, and I don't get mad when that happens because I know they're so busy and they've been trying all the changes and everything going on over there. The food is just so amazing that you can't get mad at them no matter what. EIS, Investigation and Gun Training, we mentioned them. Tomo and Shaken Seafood, Clear Path for Veterans New England. We found another veteran last Last night at TMF, I called Randy this afternoon. He's going to be meeting with that veteran, and hopefully by the end of today, that veteran is going to be off the streets of Lawrence and have a place to live and be getting the services that he needs. So thank you to ClearPath, Randy Carter, Jason Gilbert, um, and we should have them on the show again too. The Doug Mercurio Law Office, AFC Urgent Care. Don't go to Holy Family and wait three hours to see a doctor. Go to AFC Urgent Care. Don't go to don't go to Lawrence General Emergency. Go to AFC Urgent Care. They're in Methuen and North Andover. I went there three times in the last couple of years. I was all three times in and out in under 15 minutes. And I mean like in and out. Like I went in, I told them who I was, I filled out the paperwork, and in under 15 minutes I was seeing a doctor and I was walking out the door. So AFC Urgent Care is the place to go. Uh, Pleasant Valley Landscaping, Dave Idconsoli. We mention every week that we got to get them back, but we haven't gotten them back yet. So with the summer here, maybe this is a good time to talk about landscaping stuff. And he's pretty knowledgeable about, you know, like, tax things and what's going on in the city of Methuen and all that kind of stuff. So he's always a fun guest. And a free shout-out to our buddies at JG's Ice Cream. See how hot it is today? Huh? You see how hot it is? I don't leave my office unless I have to. Today I had to because I had to be here. First thing I thought of when I walked out the door and I got hit with all that humidity was, yeah, after the show i got to stop at JG's Ice Cream. They're right down the street. So um, before we start with the, uh, with the Lawrence School Committee stuff, there are a couple of things going on in Lawrence that I wanted to ask Octavian about. So I'm working on a story, and I'm going to break it here. I'm working on a story. Another publication kind of broke it, but she only had part information that we have in Lawrence at the police station. We have someone who is the domestic violence coordinator who set up what looks to me like a fake nonprofit to get more money out of the city through grants for her nonprofit um, to deal with domestic violence stuff and kids stuff um, and put down other city employees on the paperwork, but lied on the paperwork and said that they weren't city employees in order to get the funding. Do I have any of that wrong? Yes. Okay. Please tell. Yeah. Well, well, not not totally. Uh, and and I'm not uh, Tom. I'm not here to specifically talk on individuals. I can make uh, certain comments because uh, for it's still under investigation. Uh, I would like to start by saying that um, we managed to uh, follow due process with uh, all uh, honesty and integrity in during the process. Uh, we had approximately 51 applications, uh, of which some of the applicants were uh, rejected uh, because of uh, lack of information. Uh, I think I made it public before the city council in which I mentioned to the city council, the councilors, there were two uh, applicants that we believed that might have been, you know, we had questions in regards to conflict of interest uh, uh, issues mm -hmm. uh, because they were city employees. Um, and, uh, and 
pending, we requested the city council to approve the 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 uh, all the applicants, or at least those that could, that we were basically sure. Or when I watched the meeting, you 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 it looked like you were saying was. We want you to approve all of them except for these two because we still have questions. Exactly. And, and the one I'm talking about is one of them. Yes, correct. So we, um, obviously, uh, we continue our process. Uh, and I want to, uh, you know, basically tell your listeners and, and also your viewers that we, um, uh, we were very much satisfied, uh, the mayor and, and myself being involved in the process that staff has done uh, their due diligence, and they, uh, we were very satisfied uh, based on the, on, on the way they evaluated the the, uh, the different applications. But we had uh, one of our staff members that uh, called me, and uh, she said that they, uh, there are additional questions that you know that that should be raised with the with, right. with the applicants, and that's exactly what we did. We uh, contacted the city attorney. Uh, we asked the city attorney to uh, review and also investigate. His suggestion at that time was um, that, you know, it is not our prerogative. I mean, it's not our responsibility to uh, do any investigation, but the applicant should call and contact the ethics commission and find out if this, uh, you know, conflict of interest. That issue. really sounds so convoluted. Well, that's the process uh, that, you know, even though they are city employees, but they also have the right to be forming part of, of civic uh, organizations and boards. Uh, however, since, um, you know, we saw, we identified that, that some of the applications were incomplete and the information was not, uh, was not, was incorrect, uh, we decided uh, to, um, at the end, to pull that application, set it aside, and and send out a letter uh, rejecting. It that seems to me, if you're a city employee, no matter who you are, if you're a city employee, you shouldn't even be eligible for city grants because this person is has formed what I would consider a fake nonprofit after it was approved by the council. The paperwork was submitted from the dates that I've looked at, and it looks like they're just trying to get more money from the city when they're already being paid to do that as an employee of the city. And it seems to me no matter who you are, if you're a cop, a firefighter, whoever you are working for the city, you shouldn't be double dipping. I mean, it seems like double dipping to me. And I'm not using that as a legal term, but it just seems like if you're already getting paid to do something, we should be paying you again to be doing it in your so-called off time because we all know what happens. They start doing it on their on time and now they're getting paid twice. Well, you know, we, we, we as city employees, as uh, uh, public workers, uh, we, um, we have the right to participate, uh, not only the city of Lawrence, you have it across the board, that people, um, you know, in our days, you don't find people volunteering. And um, as long as a volunteer job, that would be okay. Uh, there would be a conflict um, and the appearance of a conflict if the individual is getting paid, and that's uh, that's a no no. Right. So that's that's totally not a. So is this person is this person on leave pending the investigation, or are they still working? No, uh, I'm not going to go into the no. They're the not detail. getting no. They're not not on leave, or no, they're not working. No, no, they're still uh, working because wow. there's a process that we need to follow, and wow. we need to follow the recommendation of our legal department. And you got, I think you guys are getting yourself in a lot more trouble by not. I mean, when Roy Vast, there was an accusation against him, he was immediately put on leave, 
pending an investigation, and this person is still out there working, pending an investigation, it kind of looks... Even if well, you do recall that with, with, uh, with uh, Chief Roy, when he, um, there were several um, accusations, uh, the mayor uh, doesn't react, he's not a reactive uh, individual. He's too nice. And what he wanted to do was to wait, and then when it was necessary to, um, to put, when it's necessary to put on someone on leave, that's when you take action. Right. Uh, otherwise, you're going to have other legal issues, uh, you know, that that are piling up. Right. And and I believe that you also have to give a certain benefit of the doubt uh, based on the information investigation that you uh, that you conduct. All right, fair enough. I don't like any of those answers, but there it is for the public anyway, and they can yeah. decide for themselves. Um, on the line, we do have him, right? I think I see him on the screen. We have James Karish. He's from Harvard University. He also has his own, what is it? Is it a nonprofit that he has, or what is it the, on the side? The um, No, uh, James Karras is the principal of Karras Community and in, in Investment. And Mr. Karras uh, uh, joined our team as part of the, as a consultant. Uh, initially, as the um, to prepare a, a document, a policy document, and uh, build a uh, basically create a pathway towards the pros- uh, economic prosperity for Lawrence. Um, initially, the way we started was that we that Mr. Karras uh, connected uh, the city with uh, the Kennedy's uh, School of Government. It's the Harvard Kennedy School of Government. Uh, in which we had, uh, you know, our uh, graduate, the graduate students that did uh, assemble the series of uh, series of information, uh, did surveys, and also communicated with some of our community stakeholders to prepare um, a document uh, to guide the city on on uh, you know uh, a pathway towards success. So he's going to be because I'm trying to simplify it for my audience. He's going to be kind of liaison between you guys and the state in order to put together policies so that the city can regain control of the school. Yes. Mr. Karras is in charge of preparing a turnaround plan, but I would like to give him... Yeah, let's give him a chance. We're we're talking about him and he's here. We might as well just let him say it, right? So, Mr. Karras, thank you for uh, zooming in here on the Paying Attention podcast. I am very excited as a former Lawrence School Committee member to see that the city is probably going to be regaining control of their schools. I see what the state has done over the last few years. And as bad as Lawrence was when Lawrence had the schools, the state has done far worse with the Lawrence schools. So I'm glad to see somebody else is going to be retaking control. Um, Can you just introduce yourself to the audience a little bit in case we didn't do it exactly right? And then uh, kind of tell us what's going on here. Well, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be with you this afternoon. And uh, I I appreciate the the mayor and the city of Lawrence and being able to work with them on a number of different projects, including uh, working on the school transition plan. Uh, You did, uh, both of you introduced me uh, correctly. I I am a consultant. I have my own consulting firm, um, as well as I teach at the Kennedy School of Government at Harvard for the last, now uh, my, uh, this is my 10th year coming up this fall. so the, the issue specifically around the schools and, and getting them back from state control to the city control, uh, needless to say, it's a complex one. It's not an easy one. Uh, the state has uh, controlled the school system for now over 11, 12 years. Uh, they have things in place. Uh, 
I'm not here to judge how well the state has done or not done. Uh, you know, certain indicators initially were uh, the, the schools were improving uh, during COVID in the past few years. We have seen those uh, those uh, benchmarks have been uh, uh, have been decreasing. Um, but the 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 work ahead and is it is a complex process of transitioning from state control to local control. There are a number of issues that have to be dealt with, and we have been in discussion with the Commissioner of Education's office uh, in terms of what those issues are and what we need to address. Um, and I am working on, in conjunction with the city, a uh, transition plan that we would submit to the Commissioner of Education and hopefully get their agreement uh, to move ahead with a timeline, specific benchmarks, uh, activities that need to take place uh, and, 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 and move this forward as quickly as we can. Uh, I'll be meeting with the uh, Lawrence Education Alliance Board uh, in September uh, to, uh, to uh, really officially begin that process. I've been doing a lot of uh, research and uh, preparing a transition plan, but we'll officially kick it off with the Lawrence Education Alliance in September. Um, I, I think my first question as a former board member in Lawrence is uh, my biggest frustration with any schools, but especially in Lawrence, is the lack of accountability for teachers, but even more importantly, the lack of accountability for the mid-level administrators who come in and shuffle paper every day and and have, have uh, no accountability at all for what they do and put all of these policies in place that handcuff teachers in the classroom from being able to, A, discipline their students, which I think is the absolute biggest problem in Lawrence, but also handcuff teachers from being able to teach kids basic stuff. Like, they're so busy teaching them about global warming and transgender bathrooms and all the political stuff that kids are graduating and they still can't read. They still can't write. They still can't get a job. Uh, I pulled into Wendy's one day, and uh, my uh, my bill was uh, $10.25, and I handed the girl a 20, and then I found a quarter after she rang it up, so I handed her the quarter, and you could see the corpuscles in her brain start to explode. She didn't know what to give me back because she'd already rang it in. She had to call her supervisor to do it. So I nicely asked her, like, do you go to school? She said, no, I just graduated from Lawrence High. And I don't blame her. I blame the schools. But you know what? I had a conversation with her on Twitter afterwards. She knew all about gay marriage and, and, uh, and transgender bathrooms and global warming. She was very well versed in all the political stuff that she learned in school. But she didn't know how to do math in her head. And to me, that was very, very scary. Um, so it, 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 I'll comment on what you brought up initially as the issue of accountability. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and that's critical to any system, particularly public systems and particularly for school systems. And so what is this, how does that take place? Well, it starts from the top and the top is the superintendent. So moving it forward with this transition plan, parallel to this is the selection of a new superintendent of schools. Uh, by law, that superintendent has to be named by the commissioner of education. As the, the commissioner of education, the state controls the schools. They have the authority to name a new superintendent. However, we have the commitment from the commissioner of education, the state, that they will listen to the input of the community, the education alliance, the school committee, the city council, and certainly the mayor's office as well, in terms of 
what kind of superintendent do we want in this position as we go through the transition plan? Getting control back to the city is not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a while. Uh, it, it, it hopefully by next year that it, it, it happens, uh, but it's hard to say when that transition will take place. Meanwhile, there'll be a superintendent that comes in. So that superintendent, the values that that superintendent needs to have and the strength that superintendent has to have is exactly to what you were talking about, is the level of accountability and making sure that teachers are not burdened with make, uh, make work uh, responsibilities. So those are the types of things that we're hearing from the community and from some of the key stakeholders. And we want to be able to influence the commissioner of education as they make the final selection of a new superintendent until that point when the city finally has control of the school system as well. Yeah, and 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 Tom, the city also Pull your mic up so we can hear you. Yeah, the city also has a responsibility and that's why uh, during the campaign or when we all came together as part of the the Brian DePena campaign team, uh, we um, we develop a plan and um, in assisting the mayor in in looking at different uh, priority areas of priorities that um, that needed attention, and education obviously was one of them. And most mayors are in municipal government. You know, you have mayors you have uh, that are running, but they don't have a plan. Right, and that's exactly what has been happening. Not only in Lawrence, but if you go through the the entire state and some of the other states, yeah, where you I see work, it everywhere. You see it everywhere. The people are, you know. You're popular you're in the community, and that's it. You right. get elected, but where's the plan? Right. And people don't question, and we have to be definite. Uh, we have to be firm and demanding uh, plans from our elected official. Uh, I would like to just, just briefly read what uh, what uh, Mayor De Pena put in his uh, in his uh, agenda. He states, "Quote." My approach for Lawrence Public School is to accelerate the exit of receivership by ensuring that our education system meets sufficient improvement to be removed from the designation as struggling to a high-achieving and innovative institution. To achieve this goal, I will work in partnership with the, the, Alliance, uh, the Lawrence Alliance, uh, Alliance for Education Board and the newly appointed superintendent to emphasize the continual renew it, uh, the continued renewal of the performance indicators to evaluate the extent to which Lawrence Public School has met the school intervention plan and annual goals, such as improving school attendance, academic performance, the MCAT, uh, proficiency rates, class sizes, graduate rates, and dropout, dropout rates, and parents' engagement as well as professional development for teachers and administrators. Parent engagement is the most important thing you just said. Absolutely. And no, what you also mentioned is the is the um, the, the professional development for teachers. Mm -hmm. The fact that you are a teacher uh, in one community uh, is not the same as working with the city of Lawrence. Right. City of Lawrence is very a very, very complex uh, community. It's very unique. With. It's very unique. Yeah. And with its challenges, but what we do know that, you know, um, the people are willing. And if there's the willingness to do it, and they're very critical, as you know, 
uh, Demario is not exempted of, of criticism, well, they, which they, is good. They kick the crap out of him every day. Yeah, it's perfect. And yeah. we should be on our toes Absolutely. when it comes to, to government. But uh, immediately after the mayor was sworn in, uh, the, the mayor met with uh, the commissioner of education, and we discussed the during the meetings. They discussed um, first of all what would be both of the both both the mayor and the commissioner agreed that this, the Lawrence Public Schools needs to be re, uh, need to be removed from from state control. Uh, and uh, obviously, during the conversation, um, they also agree that there were issues in regards to the superintendent. There were issues in regards to uh, not having a, turn a turnaround plan or one that is reliable. Uh, third of all, the same uh, um, uh, issues that you just raised, raised in regards to uh, the teachers, the relationship between three teachers and, and the students. And fourth of all, uh, is the, uh, there were questions raised why the school the Lawrence Public School System was not using all of the funds, or at least great portion of the funds, and they were be they were uh, being given back, mm -hmm. or not basically being get, uh, given back, but they were not used. Right. And um, based on that, uh, uh, those concern uh, concerns the the mayor um, requested the 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 commissioner of education. To take more of an active uh, for for the city to take more of an active role and to bring changes at the top, right. and in this case would be the Lawrence Alliance for Education. Now, is that what you're calling the school committee right now, or is it a separate thing? Yes, that's the basically it's it's a separate entity uh, that was a created uh, when the state took uh, took control. But they have no power; they're just like an advisory board. In fact, they, they call me on a regular basis complaining that the mayor never comes to their, their meetings. And I always say, well, you know, why would he come to your meeting? You've got no power. Like, you guys can talk all night, but you're not going to accomplish well, anything because you like, have no power. I, wa I would like to nip this right away in the butt. The, uh, the criticism that, were that, that basically you received, that the mayor was not attending, was, was one of the issues. Mm -hmm. You cannot be on the board or any board that you're serving the community and and using the 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 entity as for polit for political purposes mm -hmm. and that's why the mayor brought this to the commissioner's attention and it was decided that the that new blood needed to be injected in the Lars uh, alliance for education mm -hmm. uh and as you saw as a result some of the members were were removed but this was not done unilaterally. Mm -hmm. uh, it was done in conjunction with the with the state delegation. Uh, under the commissioner's recommendation, um, uh, we decided to approach the our state delegation and for transparency, so they can also propose candidates. And we finally have a new board now okay, that will be uh, that was necessary to uh, push. Uh, the initiative of removing the, the 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 state or exit the process of exiting the state control, Mr. Karras, what do you think is the biggest uh, challenge that you guys are going to face in having this transition? It seems like there are so many insurmountable problems with the Lawrence schools, and it's certainly not the students' fault. And as much as I don't like public school teachers or te public school teacher unions, and I don't. It's hard to blame them for everything when their hands are tied on a lot of stuff. 
Um, you know, they're being pushed this equity, diversity, inclusion stuff that has nothing to do with the basics of math, science, history. Um, you know, it seems like they've gotten very political. And the teachers' union also, but it's because it's being pushed from the top down. Um, it, to me, that seems like the biggest issue. But I'm not there every day. And you're a way smarter guy than I am, and you're way more entrenched in this. Uh, do you agree with that, number one? And number two, what do you think is the biggest challenge in making this transition? Um, I, I think the biggest challenge of making the transition is getting all of the diverse stakeholders together in an agreement. All right. You, you, as you mentioned, you have a teacher's union, you have parents, you have the students, you have the city of, uh, administration, you have a school committee, uh, you have a, a alliance for education, uh, you have the state uh, and, and the commissioner of education. So you have a number of different interests and all of them have views, have opinions, uh, and have what, what's important to them. Uh, my job and the mayor's job is to is really to listen to everybody and see how do we bring this all together and where do we find areas of agreement and agreement in terms of how we move forward. Because if we have seven different agendas, uh, we're, the, the success is not going to be uh, and the impact is not going to take place. So I think, the, again, the biggest challenge is the collaboration that's needed and, and bringing everybody together. But I think we have a process moving forward to do so. Um, it's going to take time, uh, but we need to listen uh, to, to, to everybody and, and bring those thoughts together and then come up with a plan that everybody can agree to in terms of how this is going to take place. This is complex stuff. Yeah. And let me just add, uh, you know, we, we, we were first asked to look at this we did a national search in terms of transition plans uh, uh, from school systems around the country, not just Massachusetts, but around the country. And, and quite honestly, uh, you know, there are not many examples out there in terms of how this takes place. There's not a template. There's not, this is something they don't teach in, in graduate school mm -hmm. on how to do. So, you know, what we're using is some common sense, to be quite frankly, and that is listen to everybody carefully take everybody's uh, thoughts and, 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 and uh, opinions in, in mind and bring those forward and see if we can come up with an agenda that we can move this forward. I, I got two more things for you because I started with the negative and I should have started with the positive. So let's go to the positive for a minute. What do you think are going to be some of the things that you're good, some of the positive improvements once uh, this happens, once you guys have been able to get re, regain control of the schools, what kind of positive improvements will we see right away? What are some of the easier things? We talked about the hard stuff, right? But I'm sure that there's going to be some stuff that's going to be able to be done right away that are going to be positive improvements in the schools. I, I, it, this is my personal opinion. I think the number one thing that you're going to see as a result of this process is a renewed confidence about the future of the Lawrence school system from the students, from the parents, from the teachers, from the administration, from the mayor's office, from the from the state government as well. I think once this is all done and over with, we all come to an agreement, people will see this as a new day and there'll be enthusiasm, there'll be confidence we can move forward. So I think that's the number one thing that we can be accomplished uh, immediately. Without that, it's going to be difficult to achieve everything else. Correct. And without hope, without hope, there's no future. Right. And, you know, that we have to instill hope in, 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 in our students to make sure that, you know, for sustainability and they would take charge 
of their own city in the future. I may disagree with you one thing that you mentioned, uh, Tom, and you and I, uh, we don't disagree always, but it's just a different perspective. Diversity and inclusion is necessary. It becomes, uh, you know, like the other day, I forgot if it was uh, one of the, 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 the documentaries or it was in the TV show that you saw that uh, in a predominantly black community, it was necessary for them to see uh, um, uh, female, black female pilots. It creates hope. The same applies with the city of Lawrence. What we do need to, to, uh, to uh, basically um, educate our children that um, we don't have to see only Latinos as their educators. Uh, and uh, concerning the staff, the professional makeup of the staff, that also helps. So let's say I'm, uh, I'm from Aruba. Mm-hmm. You're, you're from, uh, from Massachusetts. And we go into a community, we're going to work together. But probably you're not familiarized with uh, the culture, uh, let's say my culture. Mm-hmm. And I can educate it using your same strategy or uh give you the opportunity to be creative in applying your uh, apprenticeship or your ways of educating and apply it to a new community. I, I, would, I would almost be okay with all of that if they were doing everything else. If the, if the basics of science, math, English were being handled and the kids were being at least proficient in those things, and then you wanted to add this other stuff because you know maybe, maybe it is good for some kids, but when I see the kids graduating without the basics, but they know all that other stuff because they're still getting all that. It, to me, it seems like we're putting the cart before the horse. Let's teach them the basic first. Then when they get that, when, when they're at that level of proficiency, then if you want to teach them about global warming or, glo- or diversity, equity, include all that stuff, then, you know, then we can have that conversation and I, and I might even be okay with that. But it seems like that's all they're getting right now. And when this new, when this becomes city control again, I don't want to see it go back to that. I don't want to see it go back to, you know, okay, now we've got control. We're just going to go back to teaching kids about racism and, and diversity because that just divides a community. To me, it does. It divides a community if the kids don't have the basics. Once they have the basics, they can handle those adult concepts. And there we can agree because right. uh, testing doesn't see color. Right. Testing doesn't see culture. So we already know that now testing is going to be more challenging. Mm-hmm. Correct, James? Uh, and, yes. and we need to be prepared and that's going to happen under, under, uh, the city, hopefully under city control. Mm-hmm. So if we don't have a plan, a well thought of plan, then that's not going to happen. Is it, is uh, the meetings that you're going to be having with all the stakeholders, are those going to be public? Is it going to be like a public hearing for public input? There might be taxpayers in Lawrence who don't have kids in the schools, but still have an opinion on these things. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's going to be a combination. And, and you know, my, my history has been to in, in a number of different projects is, is to use a variety of ways of gauging what the community is interested in sharing. One is public forums, public meetings. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and, and bringing people together. Two is to do what we call focus groups and to have a small group of people you know, five or six teachers, high school teachers, sit down and have an in-depth conversation. Three are surveys. People get online or able to pick up their phone and respond to a, a survey. And fourth is one-on-one interviews with people. So we'll use a variety of methods to do so, uh, but we want to make sure that this is done in conjunction 
with the mayor's office, with the uh, Alliance uh, for Education Board, um, and so that that this is sponsored by everyone. Uh, and, and again, we're building up this spirit of collaboration. Uh, and it's not just our interests from this end and our interests from this end. It's not the commissioner against the, you know, it, it, I, I'm trying to build this spirit of cooperation. Not easy because it's a contentious issue. It sure but is. right now, I think everybody's looking to move forward and getting that type of input. Uh, we've, we've got a few minutes left. Um, what do you want to convey to the public that you haven't already talked about uh, in the few minutes we have left? What do you want to convey to the public about how this process is going to run and what the results will be, especially when it comes to accountability? Because I'm very big on accountability. I see teachers that are doing some really horrendous things and they never get held accountable. Yeah, I, I, and again, I'm just uh, wind up repeating myself in, in terms of uh, the process. Uh, it, 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 it's not going to be an easy one, but there will be a process. Two, we're going to emphasize engagement, community engagement, and get as much input as possible. We want to do a lot of listening and hearing. Uh, no, no prejudgment. Uh, I, I, I come in here. I mean, I, I'm a kid from Boston. I grew up in Roxbury, went to public schools. So, you know, school of hard knocks, if you will. Uh, but I, I'm not from Lawrence, and, and I, I'm not coming in with a preset notion of, of any of the interests that are there. So we want to listen carefully to as many people as possible. Uh, we want to be patient and have a deliberate process, but we also want to move forward because there's a clear goal of the mayor, of the community, of the city council, uh, for, from the parents. We want to have control back to the city. And we're going to do everything we possibly can do to move that quickly, but at the same time, do it in a way that is inclusive of everyone as well. What happens if the city regains control of the schools and they don't do a good job? Is there going to be some kind of a stopgap measure where the state at least kind of can come in and partner or another entity? Maybe we don't want the federal government because that'll be just a total disaster. But maybe a college, maybe Harvard, or maybe maybe some maybe some other educational institution that they can partner with um, to try and bring yeah. them up to speed if they're not doing it. Yeah, and, and that, that certainly will be an issue that we have to address, and I, I really don't have an opinion at this point, but you raise a good point, is that years ago when Chelsea was under state receivership, uh, they did uh, partner with Boston University for a number of years, uh, and, and this maybe it was 15, 20 years ago, and I have to go think back. It was probably uh, closer but, to 30 you know, when John Sobel was, in, was, was there, yeah. Well, you don't look that old. Yeah, I'm an old uh, guy. You know, for, you, for you to remember John Silver, you're dating yourself. Yeah, I am. Uh, uh, so, you know, uh, you know, there are precedents like that. Uh, I, you know, I just don't want to – you certainly have to think about that. I think, you know, the state, the education commission that asked that question is like, okay, what if you guys blow this? You right. Know, you know, you know uh, do we come back in? Do we have a right to come back? That's going to be a negotiable uh, point and discussion. Uh, but uh, we want to stay confident and positive that that's not going to happen, and we want to move forward that we believe that uh, local control, city control, will result in uh, better benchmarks uh, for students. Uh, you look, sound like you wanted to say something. We're yeah, that the, and to reiterate the, the fact that the mayor is not in a hurry. Okay, we want to do it right, right. And, and that's the important. I think uh, James said it uh, you know, perfectly. Uh, we're going to do it until we do it right, uh, at least in our time. 
during the time that the people have us in office. Mr. Karras, I really appreciate your time. I know how busy and how important you are. Uh, it means a lot to me to have you here to try and educate the public about what's going on, especially since those of us who live outside of Lawrence are paying the freight right now. So I think this is not just important for the people in Lawrence, but it's also important for the people in surrounding communities whose tax money right now are being spent on the Lawrence schools and they're not, and, yeah. and the state's not really performing that. Do you have any final words for us before we go? Is there anything like I didn't ask that I probably should have? I, I think you covered it fairly well, and I, I'm, again, I'm pleased to have this opportunity to work with the, with the citizens in Lawrence and look forward to the next few months in getting this done. Thank you for, your, for inviting me to be here. Thank you very much for coming, and will you come again once we have something new to report yes. or once things are gone? Yes, I would like to say that, he, that we're, um, uh, we, first of all, we need to, uh, we're working on a few uh, uh, projects. Mm -hmm. That is with the Lawrence Redevelopment Authority. Um, we also rely on the expertise of uh, Mr. Karras uh, in those uh, in developing a master plan for for um, for uh, you know new development in the city. And I think we should have uh, another opportunity to to inform the public of um, all these initiatives. Yeah, I'd love to have coming. both of you back. Excuse yeah. me. I'd love to have both of you back. That would be really tremendous. Yeah. And thank you again for so much for your time. I know I know how busy you're you are. Welcome. And I'm, by the way, I'm very impressed, even though you're from Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did a kid from Roxbury get there? I have no clue. Right. I don't know if I'm too old to even remember that. Right. Thank right. you. Peace. Take care. Thank you very much, Mr. Thank Cash. You. And, uh, and uh, uh, you can roll up, Chrissy. Uh, 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 Octavian, thank you very much for being here. I also want to thank you for all the stuff that you do people don't hear about, or the things that you do in the, in the mayor's office to help the homeless, that you're helping for uh, uh, families that are having a tough time right now, some of the opera That's funding. another subject that we yeah. need to address. Yeah, we'd love to have you, you know, come in again. Yeah, we're talking I know, about it. I know that you were pushing very hard for some of this ARPA funding and some of the other funding that you're getting for families that aren't yet homeless but, but might be soon because they're having a hard time. Right. And, uh, and a lot of, that means a lot. I only wish people in Lawrence knew what was really going on in the mayor's office. You guys need a much better PR guy to get that stuff out because I, I think if people knew, I think Brian's approval rating would be much higher. I'll convey the message to the mayor. Right. Thank, thank you. you for coming Appreciate on. Appreciate it. Uh, this thank has been you. great. I want to thank our sponsors, uh, JG's Ice Cream, Pleasant Valley Landscaping, AFC Urgent Care, Mercurial Law Office. If you need like uh, insurance or any kind of uh, legal uh, stuff, go to Mercurial Law Office. Clear Path for Veterans New England, Tomo and Shaken Seafood, Morelli's Deli, EIS Investigation, <sighs> Marsan and Sun Construction, McLennan Real Estate, and the Zanny Pesci Law Office. Also, thank you to Chrissy, my fine, fine producer, who's going to be doing our music bingo next week, but we'll promote that better next week. Raising money for our scholarships for next year's bash. Melvin Taylor says you got to go home, so go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.